Welcome to episode 51 of Inside Jogging Podcast. Kind of big week coming at you as we run through our last seven days, answer some listener questions, see if Matt's got some Western wise words for us, as well as discussing some fast action from the States and the English Commonwealth Games marathon selection. In a week that saw a woman from London marry a cat because the landlord did not want pets in the property, let's go over to the only man on this show who's still on the market. Debatable. Um, how's life, Joshua? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I've been, um, I think I mentioned it already because we recorded late last week, but I was at a work conference last uh, this week, so. Yeah, how was that? As expected, really. Learn anything new? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, it's, I started, I didn't want to make a scene, but I started the conference handing my notice in, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Good. There you go. Um Talking of cats, let me introduce my other co-host of the show, a well-renowned, renowned, renowned cat lover, a two thirteen marathoner. How's things, Matthew? Mate, I love cats now. I love cats because they just they just don't care. I like it; they're not needy. Well, I've just put some moss killer down in my garden, and it oh, said, mate. "Feel like said, a man, there." Said, "Keep away from cats and children." Eliza's sprinted out. And Nico's now rolling himself round in the actual bit where I've just laid it. So we'll see what happens to them two next week. <laughs> the cat's going to grow a second head. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, anyway, not long till Manchester 10K now. Do you want to kick us off this week for your last seven days? Do you know what? It feels like we've just had this conversation. I know. Because we recorded on Wednesday. Yeah, um, I mean, talk, you know what? talking about that, um, I've listened to a few things recently and everybody has the same, um, the same sort of conversations about getting their show out and, and getting, getting some messages about people desperate for a, a free show to come out and sort of demanding that it comes out at a certain time. Um, my apologies. I will try and get out quicker next week, but... Um, I try my best. Chill out. We'll, we'll get it to you at some point. It's got some some big fans out there. We're we're trying. We're trying, guys. All right, we're trying. Yeah. Um, on another note, um, I've been to the lint shop today, as I normally do a couple of times a month, and they have a new lint out. It's called popcorn. So I'm I don't not trying to. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know. You know the the popcorn jelly beans. I know we're not talking we're not we're talking sweets, not chocolate. They're like the worst ones, and that kind of puts me off already. Well, what I'll do is um, I've not tried it yet, so for next, next week, week listeners, you get a treat. All right, so just popcorn. hold on, hold on for a week. Okay. Um, all right. So there's me stalling to find my uh, Strava. All right. So Monday morning is the. 2nd of May. I can't believe it's May. 18 degrees today in Wrexham. Balmy. I know. There's me walking around in jeans. So, Monday morning, 7.08am. Was that bank holiday? It was. 
It was. It was. Uh, treat myself to a nine and a half mile run at 6.48 pace. Plus, I did some pickups, six by 20 seconds, and weights. I tell you what, pickups are a nightmare because I always do them, same place, every, every time I do pickups. And I always try and judge it right. So the last bit, I don't have to go through this gate and stop in mid uh, stride. Every time, hit the gate, still got half a stride left. A gate One day I'll learn. Your garden gate. No, there's like a little style you have to go through to like get to like the last half a mile of my road. So getting onto Pant Lane. You're off-roading? No, no, no. I did enough off-roading on the, on the Sunday. Um, Talk, talking so that, of Pant, Pant Lane, I've had a few requests from listeners for a picture of Pant Lane. So I think you need to do I that think what week. we should do, because all the cool kids these days are doing it, is we need to get a film crew down for production. <laughs> Um, taught me through everything we'll do some lactate testing we'll go through all the science of it and then we'll get a session in and you can show you can show them the sites of pant lane i feel slightly attacked by that (laughs) so if there's any producers out there um directors um film crew let me know if you think that's that's attacking you josh you should listen to some other podcasts anyway (laughs) that's not attacking anyone i'm just saying it i'm just i'm just offering the options there so that was um, that was Monday morning. Um, I did put my ankle weights on for this run as well, as Stephen's commented uh, down below. They're working a wonder, working a wonder, working uh, wonders. So that was Monday. Tuesday, um, I did track session. So um, this was in the evening. So this was with um, Scott, um, Ricky Chandler. Uh, another young lad called Ben Briggs. So um, it's down at D side, which is, if anyone's wondering, that's uh, that is um, in Flintshire in Wales. So the plan for the session was um, I wasn't too asked about the session because whether what we did because um, I got a longer session in the week before, interval wise. So. Um, overall uh, wrote this session which is actually quite a good one so uh, we did five sets of four by 400 and then we had 30 seconds in between the reps he loves a, a he loves the 30 job. seconds between reps doesn't he he does actually yeah. he likes pain um so and then we did a 400 meter jog in between and then what um, some of the other lads did is they, they sort of jumped in and out um, if they were a bit knackered on one or two of them. Um, I know Ricky's coming back from having COVID and um, so I don't think he wanted to do the full session and Ben was sort of, uh, to be fair, um, I think he did most of the session. Um, we sort of led a rep each. So um, plan was to run around 66, 65, 66, 67, that sort of ballpark. So I think we averaged at about 65. So pretty it's decent. So 20, 20 reps. It's not bad. Um, thanks, Josh. Um, speed demon over there. Um, <laughs> so, and then one of the, uh, a listener, uh, James Yarwood, uh, he was down the track. He was, uh, he had actually had your shorts on, Josh, the, the uh, vomit colour ones, as I call them. Um, 
vomit colour. Yeah, like, half tights. So yeah, like green, ha- yeah. I've got so half tights. Yeah, I've got a few few sort of shorts which are out there. Out there so yeah, half tights. Yeah, okay. yeah, the half tight ones. I mean, they, they looked uh, pretty good on uh, James. Actually, they looked. Uh, he was. Uh, he was rocking quite a cool outfit. So um, uh-huh. he commented on my Strava actually because um, we were on a rep and he was with one of the other groups and uh, we were coming round <laughs> round the bend and. He wasn't giving it up that inside lane, so fair play to him. Did you just mow him down then? No, we didn't. We just we he was we were, we were side by side. Ah, it was enough. a beautiful thing. So um, shout out to James because uh, yeah, that was uh, that was quite fun. So that was Tuesday, um, Wednesday, nine and a half miles, seven oh four pace. Uh, I had it's a bit to, quicker, Matt. Uh, well, I didn't do what I did is I wanted a bit more recovery. Um, so, and I had to get up early for work. So, I was in Birmingham um, for work. So, I didn't want to get up too early because I just did the session the night before. So, I went in the afternoon and it was all right. Yeah, a bit quicker. Heart rate was all right, though. Um, and then that was Wednesday, Thursday, 10 miles. Local legend of Cox Lane, which I was really excited about. Um, <laughs> Cox Lane up, which is even better. Um, 705 pace. That was what I did Thursday. It's always, Friday, a good, always the good jokes that get you. Yeah, they always are. Yeah. Friday morning run plus hills. So six by 20 second hills on this one. And Listening to um, what was listening to Rich Roll, uh, Terry Crews. Quite who's a good, Terry, uh, good who's listen. Terry Crews? Who's Terry Crews? Do you know who Terry Crews is Josh? No idea. Um, he's an actor. White chicks, the big Tom big, Cruise, big, the, the big uh, the big oh. black guy. Is he? He's um. I know. I do know Terry. He's in um Brooklyn. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, Terry. there you go. He's also Terry. It was that. very good, actually. Yeah, worth a listen. I listened to that. Um, just just under nine miles, seven twenty six pace. I'm flying through this week, and then this, that brings us to Saturday. Big session. The big session. Do you know what I was thinking when I was running around? What I was going to tell it to list? There's a few things that came to mind. Go on, um, talk, talk through your trail of thought. Well, I was gonna, I was getting all excited. I was gonna put like, um, I don't know, um, I can't even remember now. You know what I was gonna put? I can't. I do remember, but I'm not gonna say it because I sound like a dick. So, um, let's make a change from Josh. Sound like one. I was gonna say. True. <laughs> so went down to industrial state, and plan was actually the plan was what I did. To be fair. Um, so 5k, 2k is what I did. Now, the actual plan was I was going to float recovery, but I, I just couldn't. <laughs> so it wasn't, just wasn't having any of it. I mean, I probably could have, but I wanted to get the most out of the session as I could as far as the reps. So the plan was to run um, 3k at around about sort of, 
10k pace then run the 5k at um sort of half marathon ish pace and then the 2k back it sort of what i feel like i can run 10k pace at so um I didn't do a bad job as far as the actual pacing went. I think I went quicker than what I put on there, but I just couldn't be asked to do a Jake Smith uh, and write the whole essay. Um, so, yeah, so I went uh, 50, 52, 52 for the first 3K. Eight, then I did a... 8.34. 8.34. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, that's very quick maths, isn't it, there? I should, I should have said that myself. So, and then I did three minutes jog. I, part of me was going to float it. I was going to float it around 3.30. But, like I say, I did want to get as much as I could out of the session. And then when um, all under threes, I don't know what that came out at. 14.54. 14.54. You just thought you'd be nice um, to Josh, not beat his time again. I thought I'd give him a second day, um, and then back into three minute, uh, three minutes recovery, and then yeah, two fifty three, two forty nine. So, Good. so not bad. Uh, seven miles. Matt, away, Matt what shoes were you? What shoes were you wearing? Uh, structures. You wearing structures? You know why? <laughs> that was a joke. I was wearing vape flies. So it's pretty, it's pretty um, decent. Like, was that on the track or was that on the road? Right. Unless they make tracks um, like and that it, in Wales, um, then it was the road. <laughs> <laughs> he did say on the industrial loop. Um, ah, fair enough. My first thing I saw was just popped up again that you got second overall on the segment. Aaron and Josh have had more clubs than Tiger Woods, which. I'd forgotten about it until I saw it. So I just clicked on that segment and a guy called Tom Badrock has got the actual lead. He's four minute mile of that segment. He got that four minute mile segment on a one forty half. So I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, but Josh, you'll be glad to know it's the same. That segment's on the Wrexham half and Wrexham full marathon. So everybody who did that would have got our names flash up on their, their Stravas, which would be nice for them. <laughs> Keep us relevant. Yes. Hold on. So Tom's got this. This this is not. I'm having this. So where's the segment? Um, I clicked on segment. He's got. So it's a. It's about uh, yours. Your second with one minute forty. Um, from this weekend, seventh of May. Yeah. Ryan Davis has also gone out the same day as you. Did you do a session with him? No, but I, I saw him. Yeah, him and his lad. He's had a go for it. He's, he has had a go, hasn't he? He's third. He's ahead of head of the half marathon boys. Beating Phil Sessman. Right. Anyway. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. How far is it? How long is it? It's what well, it can only be six hundred meters or so, right. can't it? Okay. I'll get on that. Yeah. So pretty happy with that. So that was yesterday. Um. Listen to to listen to on the old watch. Um, I think I listened to anthems uh, on Spotify. So anthems. a good little playlist. Yeah. Any good anthems on there? There was quite a few, but I don't know any of them. 
I had a little scream as well. I um, I don't know if you boys do this. I, I, I do it now and again. It's just have a little scream when times are getting tough and it just, yeah. you get flood, flood your body with adrenaline. Have you yeah. boys done that? Yeah. I've also congratulated throwers. Exactly. I've also, when I finished a run, you know, when you've had a really tough run and you're like, just get through it. Sometimes you've been walking back to the house and like, well done, mate. Congratulate yourself for just getting it done. Put <laughs> yeah. yourself on the back. Yeah, Good exactly. job. Yeah, I had a little scream. It wasn't a loud one, just a little one, you know. Do you know when you stump your toe? That sort of scream. Yeah. So that was that was yesterday. Um, no one was about, so it's fine. I only see a, a bloke walking his huskies. Um, he always gives me a little wave, which just gets a bit awkward after I've done a few laps and I keep waving at him. Anyway, that was yesterday. Today, Sunday. So um, I ran with uh, Scott overall this morning, um, another member of the Wrexham um, Elite um, Athletics Club. So we did um, a bit different, something a bit different actually. I decided to upload this on my watch, which I regretted in the end. Because I don't know if, if you boys um, do this often, but I do it on the odd occasion is you upload it onto the watch and then it does like turn by turn. I don't know. I've, I've seen it. No. I just look at the map and guess where I'm going. Yeah, I hope you out. don't go wrong. Yeah. So essentially, it, it, it normally does, it normally works pretty well. You know, it's like sort of a, a, a normal GPS sat nav type thing. Um, It'll it'll lead and, and tell you when to turn and stuff. But anyway, he didn't. Um, where was I kept? Uh, where was Mister Holson? He's the the tour guide of Chester, Chester, isn't he? Yeah, um, he's um, he's rebuilding, in his words. Okay. So basically, um, he did he didn't fancy the six thirty a.m. start. No, he didn't. No. Um, anyway, um, so the turn by turn finished at about four hundred meters. So um, I kept saying to Scott, I'm literally, I should be in Scouts Club. I even said at one stage, I'll, I'll be giving Chris Jones a run for his money on the orienteering. I thought I was, I thought I was brilliant how I, I got around there in yeah. one piece. And I, I was guide, you know, I was, I was the tour, the tour guide. So um, I was pretty happy with, with how it went. Um, so 14.29 miles. 618 pace that was just we just did 90 minutes so i saw, I saw yeah, on scott's good. instagram that he he posted that he's going to find out why you run so early but didn't he used to always run at 6 a.m in london i'm sure he's part I of the 6 a.m club with um was he with old what's his name i forgot it's, it's not good radio when i forget his name no it's not it'll come it'll come to you josh will know who it is talking. Josh is gone. Yeah, Josh is gone. He's he's too in love with this boy. Is. What's um, what, what's so, the guy's name? Nicest man in running, London. Martin from Peterborough. No, in London. Um, he's got four kids. Had heart problems. Kev Quinn. Kev Quinn. Yeah, he used to do six a.m. Oh, Kev's a good lad. I'm sure he did anyway. Yeah, he's a good lad, Kev. Um, yeah. So just. Uh, I don't know. You, you, you got to get up, aren't you? I think when you get up every day at five o'clock, you're naturally going to get up at five o'clock, aren't you? Yeah. 
So um, I had a little cat nap this morning, so that was all right. Um, so that was my week. 74 miles, biggest week this year. There you go. He's you go. coming back. What we, I say this every week. I forget. When is Manchester? Two weeks. Three weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks to go. Then he's yeah. the, jugg- the juggernaut is being unleashed. Exactly. A bit of a Ross Buster. Got to find some races in June now. There's not much going on. Um, summer Solstice 10K near Grantham. There you go. Sure I, you... Uh, rule of thumb now is I don't travel more than 90 minutes to races. Just drive really fast, you'll get there. Is it a good race, is it? No. I just thought I'd... Well, I'm sure it's, it's good, yeah, but it's a long way away for you. Uh, yeah. It's the only race I know in June, so I just thought I'd put it out there for you. Um, free advertising for Summer Solstice 10K in Long Bennington there. Josh is gone. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, no. You read us through your week. I'm on, I'm on my phone, so it looks like I'm gone, but I'm, I'm still here. You're just looking at the screen. Oh, cool, right. Exactly. Um, right, Monday, so bank holiday. So 8.55, got out with Jake, nice and easy. Uh, so we did 10K, 627s. What what did what did Jake label that run? Me and Matt can't see because we're blocked. Is Jake on Strava? <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll read it soon. Is it is it sort of like beat by beat? <laughs> Easy hilly, eighty minutes. Eighty. Uh, Eight hundred feet of climbing. He did a bit more. Uh, he ran oh. some mine. Then doesn't post doesn't your you watch doesn't your Strava do that though for you? Doesn't give you the time, the elevation, the heart rate, and all that. Uh, he gets all of the information from Training Peaks, I believe. Uh, I've got a question for you, so Josh, why are you why are you hiding your heart rate? I turned it off. I don't have uh, heart rate on. Enough. I don't. Well, I don't have a heart it. anymore. Yeah, it's got no heart. Exactly. <laughs> no, it was actually funny you say that. It was one of the things. Um, because I said to Rob when I was doing a session, I can't remember what I was talking about. And uh, he just said, turn it off and turn also lap off. So I run blind now. Aaron, run I to think feel. His, heart's, his heart's just full of love. Yeah, it's full of love. He's yeah. a changed man. There we go. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so 10K, 6.27s in the morning. And then around in the evening, back on my uh, 10K loop. So basically, it's just downhill for the first sort of 5K. Back uphill the first, the last 5K. Uh, and that was 6.38s. So got that recovery 10K. So that's generally what I do on a Monday now. Two sort of, yeah, 10K runs, which generally recoveries. Um, and then Tuesday. So Tuesday, I got the, the train really early to uh, London. So I was up at like five-ish. So I was pretty tired. Um, so I had a progression run, which I did in the evening. And do you know what? It was really, really annoying because we had about an hour between the end of the day like activity wise um and they were like we need to be ready for dinner in like an hour as well i'm not going to be because i'm going for a run so i yeah when i did my progression so i did three mile warm-up so and then you did you start this and finish it at the conference center or yes i did so where did you get changed for dinner oh so i turned up about an hour late I just rocked in. <laughs> Did you have a hotel? I, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I got changed, ran and then came back. 
so the yeah the run was basically three mile three mile easy so basically i went out i went down to battersea park i made a bit of an error because i went I, I left the hotel ended up going north rather than south which was my deal so it was a little bit over three three miles when i, when I got there need to load cloudy's new yeah exactly guiding. exactly yeah so it's meant to be first one mile at 520s and do you know what i feel really crap on these progressions at the start because i'm not stopping really to warm up that much um well, actually on this one i think i did do some drills to the toilet but yeah I, I find it really hard to get going into that pace i'd rather just run like hard from the start so yeah the first mile was 529 um so that was meant to be 520 then the next one it was two miles at 515s so that was 516s then two at 509 was meant to be 510 one at 505 uh i went 504 and then the last one was uh meant to be 455 i went 453 so i think all, all in all there are about so myself you said a minute ago that you have auto split off do you any see? I was lapping it manually. So what's the point in turning it off? You're going to manually lap it. Um, because it's that was a specific session. What 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 are you doing? Why? <laughs> so what are you doing? So you are you going off the time then? So you're auto lapping it when you hit that time. No. So that I auto lapped at one mile. Then the next rep I auto lapped at two miles. Then two miles and one mile. Then uh... one mile. Right. So he might as well have just turned auto lap back on for that run. Yeah. So you're manually doing one, it when you saw it. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so for like mile reps, then yeah, I might as well turn it on, but I didn't. There you go. There yeah. You go. And then uh, I just ran back two miles. So saw Dan Jarvis for 45 seconds and ran, ran home. What was he First doing? Evening. Lurking in some bushes? Uh, uh, not, yeah, not too far off. He was... Uh, was he doing a pro direct shoot? <laughs> it was it was doing his run club so <laughs> yeah so that ended up 13.3 miles average six minute mile <laughs> who's a bigger influencer dan jarvis or you josh Ooh. i'm sure he's, he's got a lot more followers on instagram than me oh you actually you probably um, know specific numbers don't you <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i know mine go on go on you, you know you're, you know his as well don't you <laughs> i actually don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, right so that was uh yeah tuesday then i went back to the, the work parties yeah as i said i was about an hour late and then i got there they'd uh, they um someone had taken my chair i was a bit, a bit annoyed but um yeah and then i, I wasn't gonna drink I'll... they expect they ex- you expect them to just leave it just available for you so I... yeah i told i told someone i was like i'm going for a run i'll be a bit late um a bit late. The, start- the starter had been served um but yeah, I made it. Um, and then I was like, right, I'm not going to drink. I was like quite tired. And then I saw I got peer pressured in. And then, do you remember, Aaron, on your stag do when I was sat at the back of the minibus with a bottle of red wine? I do. That's exactly, uh, exactly what happened again. So I, I drank a bottle of red wine just out of the bottle. Uh, and then I went to bed about half 11. Yeah. So, so hold on. Yeah, it was all right. Let's paint the picture here a little bit. So you walk in. Still sweat dripping from your brow. You sit down. No, 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 on... no, no. I had a shower. I got dressed. Yeah, you had a shower, but what you were still we, a bit what were we wearing? Because you were rushed. <laughs> I was what wearing. Was, what was the outfit? Half tights. I was wearing. <laughs> no, I was wearing Jordans with some jeans and a jumper. <laughs> Made so you dress like a twelve-year-old, <laughs> and then so and then you go in there, and then you sit down, and then you say, "Listen, get us a bottle of red wine. You don't pour it in a glass. You just chug it from the bottle." <laughs> I didn't even ask for it. It was just on the table. 
yeah, that's good. So that was uh, that was evening. So I actually woke up. I felt felt all right. Um, so seven thirty, I went out for a run, and uh, Anya messaged me because she saw I was in London, and she said, "Oh yeah, I know exactly where I'm going." She she described herself as CEO of London. Managed to get lost a few times on the run, which was uh, quite ironic. So ended up doing ten miles around Hyde Park and Kensington Gardens, which was quite nice. Um, so yeah, I actually felt um, my cars were a little bit uh, tired to start. Then actually felt pretty good the last few miles. So um, again, so average six forty twos. Did she stick her vaporflies on from her description? She did. Yes. This is madness. Which I found hilarious. And yeah, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I do. I did like her Strava description though because she. Yeah, I feel one. like I. Yeah, I didn't even mention. It, I don't think I probably did. Yeah, did Josh she, tell you for, he came... for context? Yeah, yeah, yeah for right. context, she said, "Did Josh tell you he came 14th for London Marathon once?" Yeah, so Ooh. I felt I felt personally attacked by that, but there we go. Um, yeah, the other thing as well, I, I just seen this description. I had um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, actually, I had pretty bad DOMS. I did some weights. I thought, yeah. I can, I can do 40, 40 kilo deadlifts. And I say what, deadlifts give you the worst doms in the world. From 40 kilos? Yeah. <laughs> I was fucked. <laughs> I haven't done many reps in a while. Uh, I think I did four sets of 10. 40 kgs. So you had the bar and yeah. two, two 10s. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you're getting strong, mate. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, Better than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So Thursday. So still, basically, as well. This week, I've only been doing. I'm only doubling once on Mondays, and that's the same for next week as well. Um. So yeah, Thursday I went out and did um in the evening. So three mile warm up again, and then 50 minutes sort of steady-ish. Um. And after the conversation last week, Aaron, I put in the description, I specifically did that in structures just for you. So I did 50 minutes of 5.32s and then two mile warm down. And actually, I actually felt better in structures than I did in Vaporflies the week before, which is quite amusing. Can you, um, you know, when you're writing these descriptions, can you not at me? Yes. And I actually see it. Um, I actually don't know. I just assumed you'd look at my Strava you, anyway. You probably can't because I don't follow you. Oh, do you know what? I didn't even notice. <laughs> anyway, good. So, anyway, so did, that you, um, did you manual, manual split these as well again, did you? Well, yeah, because you only need to do the warm-up, then fifty, wait 50 minutes, and then the warm-down. Yeah, but you didn't manual split every mile. You just split the 50 minutes. Oh, no, no, no. I just did three miles, split at 50 minutes. How, how did you know miles. you were on the right intensity, though? Were you checking? Uh, yeah, and so I look at the pace for the lap. For the whole lap? Yeah, yeah. So again, you might as well just have auto lap on, mate. Help you out. No, because no, because when um, I don't need it. No, nah, because basically when Rob looks at it on on training peaks, he was like, it's it's harder to look at because he wants to see the average. So oh, so I mean, to just, be fair, he's got yeah. you to turn it off just so he can he can have it easy. <laughs> I see. How to be is. fair, I like that. I like that, Rob. Look, I might use that by athletes. That's a new one. <laughs> That's a good point. Looking yeah, at the splits point. on uh, Strava, I went 29, 33, 35, 32, 35, 34, 30, 33, 28. So I, just, I pretty much just ran off field. And yeah, there are thereabouts. It's because you were in um, structures, kept you, kept you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, it's a nice little loop. Did quite a big loop of Cardiff, actually. So yeah, it worked out 40, just literally over 14 miles at 5.49s. And then um, 
Friday. So I ran at lunchtime on Friday, actually. So Ellis, um, met up with Ellis. So and my Strava says 7.6, but I ran a little bit to meet him. Um, so I left my watch at home. And that was, yeah, basically eight miles. Well, wait, wait. You said you left your watch at home. I don't think that's strictly true based on your description. Um, yeah. How the hell did you upload I, your run then? So Ellis added me to his run. Oh, you left it pure uh, properly at home. Got you. Because you didn't go yeah. to and from home, did you? No. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was Friday. Then Saturday, so Saturday, I, I talked to Rob actually on this because there's sort of a bit, um, I was a bit unsure on the intensity on these hilly runs. So basically on a Saturday, about eight miles hilly. And um, it basically sort of just said just an honest effort. So I kind of thought, I'll see how I feel to start and then sort of see how I feel um, sort of once I get, get rolling a bit. So ended up doing eight miles at 5.46. So basically did the same loop I did the week before. Um, and yeah, I got down to like five nineteens on some uh, one of the miles. Um, that was pretty decent. I think I probably went a little bit hard on one of the hills because I was blowing a little bit near the end. But um, yeah, right. So that's eight miles, seven hundred and seventy feet elevation gain. And I think I've I've put in that. Nice. I'm Jake, I'm Jake. I'm coming for your segments because I was one second off. I think on two of them, which is very annoying. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that was Saturday. Then Sunday, so this morning, we had a bit of a squad. So Ellis again, regular uh, this week. Then the Nasher came to Cardiff and Sam Tyus as well. So we all had a little, well, Sam and Ellis did a little bit less. Um, and then me and the Nasher did 18. So 18 at 623s. So we started a little bit easier and then progressed a little bit. I've just been a little bit sick of my mouth reading those comments. Um, uh, Jonathan Pollinger, oh. incredible natural ability. Um, oh my uh, god wow Jonathan beautiful <laughs> bring all the fans in um, um, so yeah so that, that's my week so I have done 80 it'll be 84 miles 83. so a little bit less than last week 83.4 oh yeah because you missed a little bit yeah, but if you, yeah exactly so a little bit less than last week but that's because my progression on Tuesday was a little bit less so it'll yeah. be similar next week I think I've got two miles more but I think that's then my last week of um, my base. And then I think I'm into more 10K specific stuff. Oh, he can't wait. He's been dying to do some mentors. Do, do you know what, though? I don't mind. I, I'm quite enjoying these. The Thursday runs especially. Just nice little steady run. Enjoyable. Yeah, it's building you up, isn't it? Like, he just, Josh, loves knows a, what he's doing. Josh loves a fast, long run. We all know this. He gets the exactly. most, We all know you get the most kudos from a fast, long run. So yeah, get, stick my headphones in multiple bit times a week. Bit of little mix, we're off. Little mix. mix. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, so, yeah. let's over to you, Aaron. Well, um, I've now forgot what the date was on Monday. So uh, is it going to be another week? Another Bad. week, and I run in. No, well, it's not Monday to Friday. Is good. Um, what was Monday? Can you tell me. Um, I can't. I've got it. The second of May. Yeah. So I was in Suffolk on Monday. Um, so got out at just after half past eight, handed Eliza over to my mum and got out of the door onto some trails. Uh, did 10 miles on the on the trail, and they're so much better. The trails, I mean, so like, um, 
it's a lot of like gravel roads for tractors around the fields just off the river so um that's nice um so pretty yeah i don't think i saw a car for the entire 10 mile um so that was nice being home so yeah 10 mile 702 started off monday well i was gonna do an evening run but couldn't bother when i got home so tuesday uh got out in the afternoon with philippa again i was going to do i think i was going to do a longer run but i thought you know when you run with somebody else and they're going to stop after like 55 minutes or whatever i just can never be bothered to add on anymore so it's like nah, oh yeah just call it a day um but we did mainly off-road again but just for matt but again i didn't tell philippa that i was going to go off-road so she was in a invincible's Again, so she enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, that was seven and a half mile at 7.25. So pretty slow, but yeah, a lot was off-road and some hills. Um, Wednesday, got out to the cricket pitch at 11 o'clock. That's an early lunch I took. Um, wow, that must be nice. Warmed up and did, by the looks of this. I'm trying to remember what session I did. I didn't label it for that, which is always your concern. I think I That's did a trigger that is like almost a session of a mile, then four by four hundred mile, four by four hundred mile. So it totals five mile, five mile of volume. But I did it at the cricket pitch. I used four laps of the mile and lappers four hundred. Um, now it was a bit wet, a bit windy. I struggled. I started off okay. I think the first four laps around like 4.57, but then the middle four laps around 5.7, the last four laps around 5.07, and the one lappers were about 72. Just couldn't get any pace going. I wore spikes, actually. thought I'd spike up and um, try that, but it didn't really help much. So What spikes did you go for? I just had some Matumbo. You know the Matumbos are too small for me? Oh, yeah, good. So I wore those with no socks, Josh, and it's horrible. I mean, spikes and no socks is like the most elite feeling ever. Yeah, not when you're at the very end of the shoe. Didn't feel great. Didn't enjoy that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, got it done. I hit. I think what happened was because I did those. I did a mark, like almost a mile, but probably too hard. So I got, went into the four hundreds and was trying to run them quite quick and probably hit some lactic. So then it just made the rest of the session feel like a bit of a slog. But I suppose that's what I was trying to do. Um, See, I think, though, I mean, running on the grass hard, you've got to take into consideration that as far as the actual pace. Yeah, I'll give yourself a few seconds. Well, it's not 400, is it? So that's why I always say, because it's not 400, I think the, the grass makes up for it. So kind of what I run on there, I kind of run on the track. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a comparison, you know, 72s, when I'm fit, I do that in like 64s. So... Bit of, yeah. a, bit, bit, bit of a progression to be had. Um, anyway, did a couple mile call down. Then, so that's Wednesday. Thursday, got out in the morning for once. Did 40 minutes at 7.03s. Just a little out and back from mine for work. And then joined Roof in the afternoon. And we did, well, I did nearly 10 miles at 7.12s. So, bit of off-road again. Oh, wow, you were keen. Um, now, 
on that run, Ruth updated me on a few things about what we discussed in the podcast, Matt. So not all male oh, sheep, okay. not all male sheep have horns. So you were correct. I didn't say that. You know, no, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I said it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you were correct there, and she also wanted to pull me up on. She was with Josh on doing lapped courses and doing races just for PBs. So she's a, a fan of of doing those tight races over over local stuff and taking the wins. So she's she's on Josh Lund's side there. Um, Wise woman. And also, directly, because we recorded on Wednesday, didn't we? Um, I got a message from Chris Barnes, who's sorting out the podium race. And he'd not listened to the podcast at that point. Um, and he said, I was interested in doing that 5-10k half and i said oh i might do the 10k i then realized it was on jenny's birthday and then he went and told me it's also on his wife's birthday so he set up a race on his wife's birthday which i thought was good good of him dedication um and apparently the half marathon andy davies told me the half marathon is set up for practice for phil sessman and some of the others doing um sort of the major marathons so if you got, you got a date on it, yes, 16th of July. It's my wife's birthday, so I should know. No, I can't do it. I've got a wedding. Yeah, I've also got Phil Martin's um, like wedding type thing. Josh, you're probably invited, but you're not coming. So, um, but yeah, so Ruth filled me in on a few things, corrected some some wrongs that we'd said. It should, yeah, and, and to be fair, going on to um, the podium stuff, I mean, it will be decent. It will be good. Oh yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, I, I, I am. Um, I was just a bit unsure of doing twenty-one laps of a K course for half marathon. But if it's for drinks practice, that's right up my street. It's pretty good for practice for the the guys doing the champs. So, um, yeah, good for them. Uh, so that's where pretty much my weekends because Friday I went to warm up, and again I just felt so tired. So. I've called it a day and thought i'll just do this i'll have a i think it was a bit of hay fever but then yesterday went in the morning to see the owls with eliza again she loves a good owl um so went to the owl sanctuary tried to run in the afternoon just got two steps outside my house and was just just tired so i called that a day um and then this morning got up at half five with Eliza so I was tired so when Jenny woke up at about half eight thought I'd have an hour sleep I thought I might start feeling better went out the door for my run and in my head I was like do you know what I'm just gonna do 20 miles today and I got a mile in and I was done so I ran two and a half <laughs> miles at 7.15 <laughs> um, good well, one thing I would say Aaron it's you're it's, you're very good at making me not want to ever have a child yeah they, they're good mate you should have one you're not yeah you're definitely not sending it to me um it'll be so, priorities. soon priorities you like honestly it's the thing with them is everyone's kids are different like some people like nasha you know he can run a pb marathon off having a kid you know some of them are just a dream whereas others don't like sleep illnesses every week um oh yeah so she's over tonsillitis but but yeah she's all good um so i think it's hay fever so i'm going to start actually taking my nasal spray when i wake up 
which I should do anyway, but I always forget. So I've been Matt. Um, I'll say one question for you, Matt. What do you reckon is going to be wrong with him next week? Nothing. nothing. I had enough of it. It's going to be. It's going to be I'm in a bit. I'm in a bit of a grump because I've just like had enough of feeling terrible every week. Like I I'll tell like, you what I've been doing. Go on. Sniffing that old old soil, you know, them sticks. Yeah. Getting them up your nose. Oh, fantastic. It's massively frustrating. It's even more frustrating. Yesterday, so so instead of running, yesterday and today, I've written out 35 training plans. And when you see people building up for things like the night of the 10,000s next week or other races, it does get you, it makes you want to run. And I go out the door wanting to run and then just can't do it. It's frustrating. So anyway, 50 miles for the week. And decent Monday to Friday, so I just need to string it together now. Um, but I have got a race potential. The one I mentioned to you earlier, Clousy, summer solstice, four and a half weeks. So I think I can get fit for that. What's the date on that, then? Four and a half weeks time. Okay. But whenever that's summer really, solstice, that's really me. When summer solstice, like twenty first of June, isn't it? Twenty first of June. So it's the Friday that- night around that. Oh, it's a Friday night, is it? Friday night. Probably the 17th, I guess. Anyway, that's our weeks. Um, before I forget, I'm going to go on to the Strava leaderboard because I forgot last week. Now, for anybody who pays attention to our Strava leaderboard, we have a new man who's topped last week and this week. Do you know who that is? It's Bobo, um, Bobo Baldy. Now, Bobo. I saw this. Bobo's been running a marathon every day for for 26 days, apparently. And he keeps putting them up manually. And they keep being around about 2.55 to three hours. Um, now, the only club he's joined is Inside Jockey Podcast. What a legend. So, what Bobo, legend. he says he's from Slough. Doesn't... Um, so, yeah, if you want to send us a message, Bobo, and let us know that you're a real listener, I'd love to know. Is who Bobo you... a patron? No. Well, he's not under that name anyway. I'm kind of doubtful. I think he this should is... be. I don't know if this is a real account or what, but. It's definitely real. 100%. Well, he keeps... I mean, he's, he's absolutely smashing it. He keeps manually uploading the marathon. I wonder if he's doing it for charity. Yeah, but why would you manually upload it? Just not got the time, has he? I mean, he's running a marathon every day. Well, he's not, though, is he? Because that was my next question for him. So he's manually uploading his marathon um, at 26.20 miles. So he's got a little bit extra to do, Bobo. If you can just go out, knock out that next one, 0.1, you'll be good. So, yeah, he's got some work to do. Anyway. Keep it up, Bobo. I'm, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really enjoying this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a kudos. That's behind you. So, um so, yeah, that was the most interesting takeaway I took from that. Um, so, Matt. The, late, uh, the ladies. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Should have done as well. Well, I, I forgot to do it last week. And it was it was the same same woman as Josh mentioned. There's some big miles. Johanna Klopsch. She's from Austria. She does a lot of hilly runs. So this week she's climbed 13,000 feet in her 88 miles, which is pretty impressive. Wow. Um, I assume she's a mountain runner. 
Oh, there's Jake Smith. He's, he's on Strava. He's 11th position. No, he's back, is he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Josh think he's doing hilly runs and he's climbed 3,000 feet. He's got a bit of work to do, by the looks of it. Aaron, what's my um, average pace? I think my average pace is probably... 6.15. Good. Um, right. Where Josh, does that put him? He's 23rd. He's one place and 0.4 mile ahead of the Heron. So, there you go. Anyway, Weston's wise words. Has he given us anything this week? Yes, he's given us some more wise words. I'm always words. surprised, you know. I just feel... I don't know. I just feel one week he's going to be like, nah, not giving these no, he's anymore. Yeah, every he's Saturday, every Saturday morning, yeah. we get the little message. Uh, he sends it, um, sends it in the post, comes every Saturday, signed, signed um, sealed envelope. Um, so here we go. So um, thanks again, uh, Daniel, for this beautiful, uh, wise, or what should I say, wisdom. Um, so it's um, so goosebumps evolved to make our ancestors' hair stand up, making them appear more threatening to predators. <laughs> so, so women, if you want to have a psychological edge against your competitors, stop shaving your legs. <laughs> So there you go. That's this that, week's wise words from Western down Western. Surely that's to men too, then. Well, I shave my legs yeah. all the time. So Josh, bit of advice for you yeah. there. Stop shaving so them It's good that is. Um, thanks, for that Dan. My my rant this week is, I've so track racing is sort of back, isn't it? Again, um, as it is every summer, we're sort of into track season now, and. I'm, I don't know. I, I, I think we're sort of discouraging people from doing track because I've had a few conversations with athletes I coach who want to do some track running. And then I'm sort of saying to them, well, have you got any spikes? And they're like, no. And you then have to try and tell them that vapor flies and super shoes aren't allowed on track anymore. So it, it's not very inclusive, is it? I just, I just think surely for sort of that sort of recreational type runner, we should be encouraging them to do some of these sort of more traditional events like on the track. And do we need to ban them from wearing vapor flies and super shoes if they're going to run whatever they run, you know, you know, for men, maybe outside of the elite race, they need to be in them. So they need to, you know, they should, I think they should be allowed in them and the same same apply because I was speaking last year at the MK five thousand to Elliot who who runs it, and he was he actually let people wear in some of the slower races you were allowed to wear what you wanted, um, because you got people in like a pair of Brooks Adrenaline, who which is like a mileage shoe, who in theory shouldn't be allowed to wear them because they're too much stack in them, but it's the only pair of running shoes they've got. So if they want to run, are you going to stop them? But anyway. What's your thoughts, Matt? I think, I mean, to be honest, is any sort of local track race, are they, I mean, I don't know because I've not, I've not run a track race in a while, but are they like, you know, if you, you rock up in your, your vapor flies, your alpha flies, are they essentially saying, oh, you can't wear them? I just thought it was 
you can run in them, but like obviously, if you're at the top end um, as far as qualifying, then you won't be able to qualify yeah. in them. Which is how it should be. But let's take night of ten thousands next week. You've got a sub thirty-three minute race, I think. Um, so they're going to be sort of five, six minutes off what the quickest boys do on in the A race. I doubt any of those will be allowed to run in a. In a, in Why a, is is it, have they said anything about it? I think you see it on quite a lot of things. I've seen it on a lot of things that you you have to read the shoe list of available shoes. So no, I, I I I doubt that. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll pull up. I mean, I'm not just singling. I don't want to single out night of ten thousands, but yeah, of course. Um, it definitely has happened on quite a few races. I've seen when you go and look at the some of the you know open open track races. It does say. Check the, um, check the allowed shoe list. But yeah, I know. I know. Obviously, British Miler's Club, which is a bit different. Um, they were told to check shoes last year on people competing, but that's slightly different because it is in a, I suppose it's an elite level competition. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if. It's a sticky one, isn't it? Like, I, I, I don't really know. I think if you just want to go and, and run a track race in, at, at any level, uh, then just go and run it in any shoes you want, really. I mean, I think, like, if you're trying to qualify for a major champs, then, yeah, okay, then you, you, you know, stick to the rules. But if you're, I don't know, a, a 60-minute or 45-minute or, like you say, 33-minute or 31 or whatever, a 10K runner, then does it matter? Yeah, I just think um, if you're allowed to wear them on the road, why why shouldn't you be allowed to wear them on the track? It doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, I don't really don't really understand why they made a different rule for the track than they allowed for the road. Seems a bit bonkers, but there you go. Um, it'll probably change yeah. in a few years' time. But but yeah, um, that's my comment this week anyway so let's go to some let's go to some listener questions um now i had a question coming from mark hankins who wants to know about running into the wind he um so he said same effort as it will balance or harder once the wind is behind on a session loop so basically when it's windy and you've got a session do you just say it's windy and slow down into the wind and just run the same effort or do you are you guided by your watch and religiously follow the pace that you're you're meant to be running um so i would definitely be guided by the pace personally i think matt you'll be the opposite right <laughs> i mean there's loads of different answers for this i think Depending not, on the session. There's two, isn't there? Yes or no? Well, <laughs> yeah. no, there's, a diff- there's different takes to this. I think, yeah, I, I think if you're doing any, any I think, I, I, personally for me, if it's a really windy day, I'd probably change the session and just run it off feel as far as time rather than distance. I think you can do that approach. The other approach is the Jocelyn approach is just literally just smash yourself into the wind and try and hold pace to a distance and see how you go and then be extremely frustrated because the time's just going to keep going down and down and down or up and up and up, should I say. Or like you say, you can even 
like if it's a really bad day, just do an easy run and just change it to the next day, perhaps. Yeah, or do what I do and just run with the wind at all occasions. So just pick a route where you can run with the wind and then get your your friend or your partner to drive out and pick you up. That's the solution for your mum. Well, then it's one of them, isn't it? Like, you know, if running in, in, in like conditions like that, it just it just toughens you up, doesn't it? When when you're, you're out there and you're, you're doing a race and you're, you're finding it hard. and You come you know, to the just... fence, Matthew. It's any, if you try and run into the wind where we do the long runs, it's impossible. Me and Josh did a long run a couple of years ago with the wind and we had 3K hard at the end. And it's probably yeah, the easiest, easiest free. There was no, honestly, if we had that the other way around, we wouldn't have broke seven minute mile in. Well, the other thing you could do in typical British style is do it and complain yeah. after it. And oh, put it on your time. You still, still complain about it anyway. Or, or run with the wind and just wait for the comments to come in saying, nice run with the wind. That usually happens, which I agree with. It was. Um, anyway. At least we'll give some comments on that one. Um, Alexa said, opinions on warm weather training. Do we think it's worth it? Firstly, I thought you were actually talking to your Alexa device for a second. I don't have Alexa. I've got Google. <laughs> oh, good. Can you repeat the question? What's, what's your opinions on warm weather training, basically, Josh? Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to get. It's more, I would say the benefit is more like the, it's not shit weather than anything physiological i'm sure there is probably some benefits but that wouldn't be the reason i'd go would you go warm weather training or altitude uh, i would probably go altitude training of the two Max? i guess it depends how long you're going for as well yeah i would only go altitude training if i could go for a month or more yeah i mean why not go abroad get some get some sun on your bones and I think, I think the the biggest thing is if you're gonna do quote unquote warm weather training, aka have a holiday, then I think the biggest thing is like you're gonna feel better, and you're gonna probably come back fitter because you've got the time to do the runs, recover, relax, eat good food, hydrate. You, you know you're taking care of the little things i think that's the biggest thing yes as the cycle like well i guess psychological to a certain degree but the physiological side of it as well isn't there as far as the warm weather um train having it having an effect but i think you know taking it for, for what it is it's just a case of you've got the time to recover and rest up and, and go again yeah that's what it is um and yeah there is benefits isn't there from blood plasma or something in the in the heat but um the interesting question is i've had a couple of people tell me it was really hot today oh, is is 18 degrees warm weather matt um firstly matt what were you wearing for your run this morning that would be a good indication it was at 6 30 so it wouldn't have been 18 degrees then no it it's was, been, tw- it was it's been 22 in cardiff today yeah um Shorts and a long sleeve. So what temperature do we consider it being warm? I would say anything, I'd say anything over sort of 25. Yeah, that was my... It's where you're going to get that effect, I'd yeah. say. 
I could be wrong there. I'm sure people, I'm sure every every brought Nasher on. Maybe we can do that one time as bring Dan Nash on. Um, he's the excise fizz expert and um, I'm sure he can shine some light on it. Yeah. Josh, what are your thoughts on how warm is warm? Let's put it this way. We ran at nine o'clock this morning and Ellis mm-hmm. was wearing tights. Yeah. You boys. I actually wasn't. That. I was in shorts and a t-shirt. Good. Better for me. I remember Aaron when we ran in Portugal the last time we went COVID, there was a run I did on a Friday and I ran in a jacket and tights and it was pretty warm. Yeah, you're an idiot. So but I quite like getting a little bit sweaty, so <laughs> Okay. We'll leave that one there. Um right, news. Um so sound running track meet was on Friday, Saturday, I want to say. Um, some some quick times from a, a few Brits. Should we start 5,000 metres? Pat Diva, um, just outside his PB, missed it by a second, 13.20. So solid backing up from... from Is Pat. that a world qualifier or not? Josh. Um, I actually don't know what the 5K standard is. I think it's quicker than that. You know? I, I think it's, it's quicker. Yeah, I would I be say like I guess 13, 13, 10. I thought 13 yeah. 12, so yeah. Mm. Um, Josh Kerr stepped up, um, so doing a bit of endurance work 13 37. Not bad for Josh, although when his um Aussie rival, what's his name, the 1500 guy, Ollie Hall, Ollie, Ollie Hall, yeah. what did he run indoors so like 13 13 like, sub 13 10? Yeah. So, or was it 13 10? Something like that. I'm not sure if Josh, um, maybe I don't know if he's happy with it or not. Maybe we'll get him on. Maybe he'll talk about it on his podcast. But anyway, um, I thought it's fairly decent for an 800 guy, 815 guy, 1337. Um, in the women's, Sarah Inglis 1516 and Jenny Nesbitt 1517, they both got some qualifying time. Which one was it, Josh? Uh, well, Jenny already had the Commonwealth time. So the world time for the women, I believe, is 15, 10. Okay. God, um, your Wi-Fi is awful, Josh. Well, it's what you get when you when you go into student apartments, isn't it? Um, yeah. So 3G, isn't it? 10,000 metres. Luke Coldwell, um, off the back of his marathon in Houston, Made a comeback to the track, 28-18 for a lifetime best for Luke. So, decent run from Luke Caldwell. And then Steve Scullion, around 28-42. He's obviously bored of marathons this week and thought he'd throw his, try his hand at a 10k. Um, did you see any of the races, Matt? I, uh, yeah, I did, actually. I, I paid for the pay-per-view because I'm, uh, I'm a keen bean. Um, it was good. Um, yeah, really good. All the races were, were pretty stacked. Um, um Yakov won the uh, 5k, didn't he? Yeah, so let me go into full results. Um, and start with the let's go to 5k. Yeah, so Jakob took the win in 13.02, Mohammed Muhammad 13.03, who's been out in Kenya, I think, with uh Canova and Joe Klecker 13.04. Um, so yeah, quick, quick race from those boys. Then in the 10,000. Suhar Talbi. Is he one of your friends from Flagstaff, Josh? 
Sounds doesn't ring a bell, but it doesn't ring a bell. But I would say I'll add on to the the five K result. Abdi Nur broke the collegiate record. Um, for he was running for he went to NAU. He ran thirteen oh six, which is pretty swift. And there was a, a high school um, record, wasn't there? A junior uh, lad ran thirteen forty three, I think. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Lex Young, yeah, two thousand and five. This kid's born. What's that? Yeah, Nico. You know, Nico Young's little brother. Okay, sounds like you two have done more research this week than me. So maybe you should have been running for yourself. Well, you know, it's a professional podcast, and um, you know, we want to make sure we we give the listeners what they deserve. Um. Yes, a good contingent of Brits and Aussies in these races. Um. But yeah, Brett Robinson was second to Australian in 27.51. So maybe he's looking at 10,000 over marathon for his next next major event. Um, and Hiko Hasso of Ireland. I didn't know this guy's Irish, but turns out he is. 27.53, that must be very close to a, an Irish record, if not um, an Irish record. Do you know who he is, Josh? No, I don't, I'm afraid. Um, and then there was some decent performances in some of the short distances that only Jake Whiteman took the win in 146 and 800 uh, Gourlay took the win in the 15 didn't he in 338 um, yeah. so was that a bit slower paced or the tactical yeah it was they went through 800 and 20 something for 800 which is you know for them boys is extremely slow so yeah and then Adele Tracy ran a PB in the 15 of 405. Um, so solid start to her season. Um, I think that's that's most of the results from the night. In the uh, in the women's 15 as well, I know Katie Snowden ran the world time was 403. There you go. Season's best. Yeah, just outside her PB of 402. Um, now, other results it's really relying on anything that happened today. And as we were recording at 5.56pm, not a lot of results are in, boys. So have you seen anything today? So I actually saw in person, Jess Gibbon ran uh, 16, I think 16.04 at Cardiff on a completely solo run. That was pretty impressive. Do you know what? I found another run. Um, so yesterday, so track racing is kind of back, isn't it? So Na- National League was on yesterday across the country. Scott overall one of fifth one of five thousand I see because you have same um same club as one of my coached athletes. And so there's what five events on yesterday and none of them have results yet. And they won't until about Thursday mid- midweek, will they with National League? No. Because it's all like I don't know, like handwritten and then uploaded on a piece of paper or something like surely we can get electronic results at these events these days i quite like it <laughs> like I what like it. what not I, knowing I enjoy, the results i enjoy the old school techniques that these uh, officials are still using i like you're it wind, you're it should up. be done you're winding me up you know it should all be done hand time Hand time. Yeah, hand time. Just give, me- give give the runners what they want. Do you remember those races when um like a county champs and you'd you'd do you'd do the race and it'd be hand timed 
And you can guarantee there'd be one guy who'd run 359.9 for 15 and he'd be given like 400.1 by the, by the hand timers because they have to take the, the average, don't they, of like... Wasn't that Josh like, at Telford? <laughs> Here we okay. go. Josh gets rounded down. So um, anyway, other than those track races, there was a few, there was a few road races on today. I know there's Biddeford 10K, but again... Couldn't get that result. I know Ronnie Richmond was was running. Oh, I've got a trail go. race 31, result. 31.49, Ronnie Richmond took the win. Um, there was also Sunderland 10K. I have got that result because Ali Dixon took the win in the women's. And I did know. You tell me the trail result and I'll get this 10K uh, Scott Nixon, fan of the show. Um, he, um, he won Langothlin's 10K. Trail race, the big one. So there you go, the big one. So well done, uh, well done, Scott. He uh, he enjoys um, an evening bath as he listens to the podcast. So hopefully, he has the bubbles out tonight. Talking about that, I'll come to some of the results in a second. Do you know what the biggest response we've had on this show is when I put the poll out for which way people shower, and the results are in. <laughs> Facing away is what the listeners prefer. Really interesting. So, I'm very happy about the results. My wife is not so happy about those results. So she actually tried to infiltrate the poll by getting her friends to come onto our podcast and vote for facing towards. So unlucky her. Um, anyway, some of the results, Liam Aldridge took the win of 31-18 and in the women's, Ali Dixon, 35-34. I've got another one. Fantastic results there. Um, <laughs> I've got another one for you. <laughs> is what about when you're in the shower... And what is your approach? Do you, when you get in there, are you, are you shampooing your hair first or are you reaching for the, for the body wash? I wonder where you're going with this, Matt. Um, so I think... I've got a bit of a routine, to be honest. I would, if, I, if I was going to wash my hair, so I'd wet my hair, put the shampoo on. No, 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 no. When you go in there, what's the first thing you do? Is it, is it the body wash or is it the shampoo? Yeah, so I'd shampoo first. Whilst yeah. my shampoo is on, I'd probably like shave my chest or my legs. Then I'd wash that off, put my conditioner on, <laughs> and then I'd body wash my body. Yeah. There you go. So I do time utilization. I do the same, but don't shave my body. So I I would shampoo, put the conditioner on. While the conditioner's on, I would get the body wash out. Yeah, but you're rinsing the shampoo off before you put the conditioner on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so shampoo, condition. And that I oh know, so shampoo, wash the shampoo off, then you condition, leave that condition, and yeah. then you body wash. Yeah. I think we should put a poll out there. Are you looking for a new routine, Matt? No, I enjoy, I enjoy my routine. I really do. Um, but I'm, I'm just curious on what people do, whether it's a shampoo, they'll be picking up the shampoo first or washing the body first. Just an interesting one. Um, or, yeah, I'll put it out there because... I, I live a very, ex- I live I a very getting, exciting life over here. I keep getting messages from Ben Heron about eating in the shower. So he, he eats apples in the shower these days. I mean, nothing to, surprises me with that kid. Seems to be, to be, to be fair, fair, that would be the only one, one thing I'd eat in the apple. I couldn't eat a sandwich in there. <laughs> I ate a protein bar once. No, that's odd. Although I, do, oh, I, I did go through a stage of calling, video calling Matt whilst I was in the shower. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Great I'll put times. I'll put that out there for next week, and um, if there's any more results we need to catch up on next week, we'll also do that because 
can't really go off much at the moment. Um, so that's we're nearly nearly there. Um, what you got planned next week, Matthew? Uh, I'm also in a conference tomorrow and Tuesday um, in Birmingham, so I'll be doing that. And then I've got a race actually on Wednesday. What we've got the border, the border League four miler the um, the uh, maroon is it maroon yeah maroon army so Wrexham AC first uh, first race for them boys four miler yeah good traditional distance it is yeah so I'll be doing that uh, Wednesday evening and then yeah the rest of the week just uh, the usual things shampooing the hair body washing and facing facing the shower. There we go. What um, where is your race? It's uh, it's Birkenhead Park. Oh, that's where we did the relays one year. Um, yeah. Go through the tunnel, don't you? Outside Liverpool. Um, I think so. Yeah, I wasn't I, planning on flying. I'm not going to incriminate anybody, but a certain person I went with was um, doing excess speed through the tunnel, then realised it was like 40 mile per hour. He, he wondered why he was passing everyone so fast was his comment. But yeah, so don't get fast seeded. Josh, what are you up to next week? Um, what am I up to? Oh, I'm actually going on a stag do. Oh, and it's yeah. also my 30th birthday. What day is your 30th birthday, Josh? Next Sunday. Oh, oh yeah. fantastic. So also when it's our, our one year anniversary. So we started this on your birthday. We must have done. What a treat. Very much. That was my trigger. So, um, anything planned for your birthday? Well, I'm on the stag do, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully I won't be too drunk. I probably, Where is the stag I, do? I was in Athens. You're in Athens? Yeah. So I need to try, I need to plan in advance. I've got a hilly 10 mile loop I need to do on Saturday morning. And I've got 18 I've got to do on Sunday. So This isn't going to happen, surely. I do this on every stag do. I'd sort of ride it off because it won't Aaron, happen. come on. You know me. There, I, there is no way I'll miss it. Oh, I don't know so, how you do I'll it. be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be doing it. Um, There's plenty of hills in Athens because when they did the marathon there, wasn't that just like a massive hill they started up? I assume there would be because is there not a volcano there? There's, a, there's definitely a curb because Paula Radcliffe sat on it, didn't she? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, yeah, I've got that. Then, so I'm going there on Friday and then, yeah, my birthday. I don't really have any specific plans. I'll probably go, might actually head back to Peterborough the week after. So I'll pay you a little visit. Well, the week when you come back from Athens? Yeah, the week after, weekend after. I'm not sure yet, but um, yeah, so next week I'm doing nothing really in the week. I'm building up my progression to 55 minutes from 50. Exciting. Cool. What a treat. What a time to be alive. Um, yeah, so that leads me on to what I'm doing, which ties into the big event next next weekend is the night of 10,000 metres next Saturday night. I'm hoping by the time this podcast comes out, I can catch up with, with Mr. Pochi himself. I know he's been on enough podcasts which has gone out today, so I don't want to overwhelm him with my last-minute request, but hopefully I can speak to him ahead. And um, we can do a bit of previewing of that racing because start lists are out and they look pretty stacked. I um, think we'll see any qualifying times next weekend? Uh, for Worlds or for Commonwealths? 
Worlds. We'll go Worlds. Um, no. You don't think your boy Jake will do it? I uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's uh, in his plan. Okay. For next so what's weekend. his plan? I think just a race. Okay. I think the problem is really? with a race like no, that, yes. when it's a trial, <laughs> no, it's, as in rather than go for a time, go for a position. I think for races like that, it's hard when you've only, if you've only got one opportunity, it's very easy to go for a time. And then if you're off it, you've fucked your race up as well. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, the key is to get selection, you need automatic, you need to be in the top two anyway, don't you? So um, there's other races where you could run the time. But yeah, I think the, the A and the B race are pretty stacked on a domestic front. Um, so be interested to see some fast yeah. times. I've, I've not seen the women's field. Um, I'm just thinking who could potentially run in the standard there. I would say it's more likely to come from the women's field than the men's, in my opinion. Yeah, I've not I've not seen the, the women's start list yet, start list yet, but um, hopefully speak to Ben and he can clear all that off for us. The weather's looking good at the moment. Um, 18, 19 degrees at seven o'clock in the evening in London with very little wind. So could be very fast because some, you know, that if it's windy there, it can be pretty, can sort of come across that track. So, um, yeah, I'll be hopefully down there at sort of cheering on a few people. Jenny's away most of the next couple of weeks. She's busy filming various things. She's going to Amsterdam for three days as well, which. Girls point feet on the table. She is. I like she, it. she is the breadwinner. Um, so, so yeah. Also planning for our one year anniversary next week, boys. See if I can line up anything special. Don't know what what I can find which is special, other than getting us three back on the show again to talk. But we'll see what we can do. <laughs> um, see if we can get some some prizes and some competitions to celebrate. But but yeah, I think that trying to run for a whole week is pretty much my plan. That I think was probably the biggest challenge you're going to have. <laughs> I agree. Um, although Eliza's in nursery now, so it's a bit easier. So hopefully I can run. Anyway. Right. Shall we sign off boys and speak again next week? Yeah, sounds Cheers, good. Boys. Have a good week, guys. Cheers. Right, let's get straight into this one. As tonight on Wednesday evening, three days out from the night of the 10,000 metre PBs, I'm joined by the man behind it all, probably the busiest man in the sport this week, but he's given up 20 minutes tonight to speak to me. So thanks for that, Ben. How's things in? Are you still in Cornwall at the moment? Yeah, yeah, still down here. Um, just preparing, preparing for the drive up. Uh, yeah, we'll be leaving. Yeah, tomorrow morning will come up to then yeah crack on with the build on first thing friday and i bet all things would go this week and being a an athlete myself who's raced in it before i'm sure you're getting messages from various athletes who are maybe pulling out or wanting information here and there so yeah what's the life been like on the on the phone this week no it's been it's been everything that it really should be really just busy i suppose which is what you expect uh lots of people 
lots of different stuff going on with the event, obviously, because it's all multifaceted. So, yeah, calls and emails and, yeah, challenges. Um, but, yeah, athletes primarily in terms of, yeah, just everything you said, really. Last minute comes, especially when you stick out seeding lists. And yeah, we got, what, over 300 athletes and nearly every single athlete wants to be in the A race. So it's, um, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah Move but, me up. Uh, Please yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So for, for listeners who don't know, Night of the 10,000 Meter PBs started nine years ago, I think, 2013. Um, and yeah, it's really developed into what it is today. A, a what I'd say, a, a, a sort of revolutionary event in athletics and something that's kind of, I think, been copied now by various people because of its success. So Let's go back to 2013, which um, seems like a, a world away now. Um, what was the, the plan behind starting the event? The plan behind it was, it was just really simple, really. It was all I really wanted was a 10,000 metre event where people would come and, you know, you knew it was going to be a decent race. There was going to be a full field because that was the whole issue, wasn't there? There was... There were 10,000 meter races, but they were such a hodgepodge in terms of, you know, the quality and the depth. And, you know, if you were going for a quick time, you want to be running with people. And so it was just, could we create something over time where you could have a guarantee? You could have a guarantee that this would be singularly a place to race dedicated to 10,000 meter running on the track and it would be good. So it was really simple, the aims really. And I think outside of that in year one, we did look at, you know, number one, getting the athletes there, doing a lot around comms and trying to push some of it back onto the athletes. Mm -hmm. you know, I, bang on, I bang on all the time about collective responsibility. But we're very good at saying what's not working and what we want. And, and yet, you know, our sport is it's, it's run by us. It is essentially run by us, you know, club committees. We get people in my own club moaning about the committee. You know, go on the committee, be part of the committee, be part of the club. And it's the same with the sport. Um, and I was just the same as anyone else. I, years I was running. I was just a, just a club runner. And But you're always looking at all you are is looking out for yourself, isn't it? You're just looking out for where can I get a race? Where can I get my best performance? And it, at some point, it was probably because I was starting to get old and getting a bit shit. But you start to think, right, can we do something about this? But yeah, that's we yeah. did put it back on the athletes was because the whole problem was you'd get a full race would fill up and then half the field would turn up. And then you're left with a, a bunch of guys running on their own for 25 laps. So it was just trying to, you know, what could we do to change that? Was it possible to bring in a bit of atmosphere and get some guaranteed decent fields for 10,000 meter running on the track? Yeah. And I remember it, it well, because I think the year before myself and Darren Deed, who was actually second in that, that initial race you set up, was, um, yeah. had tried to get something and James Lawler tried to get something going the year before. Um, and we had a little race at Sandy but again, just couldn't attract the athletes. So, yeah, I appreciate what an effort it is to, to get those fields together. Um, so on that first night, um, I think weather wasn't on your side from memory. I think you had a bit of wind. And but Eddie, Eddie McGinley um, broke 30 minutes. So you had one man break 30 minutes. Um, you, I think I Darren was just off it by a second or two, wasn't he? Yeah, two seconds. Um, yeah. And I don't think you had a, a, 
Oh, you had one female run, ew, did you? Ew. Uh, Come on. Two. Definitely two. I'm yeah, I'm trying to see the W. Oh, there is two. Yeah. Two, two, two women running the race. So did you ever envisage it turning into what it is now back then? No, I don't, I don't know. No way. I just think you just you were just giddy really at creating something. And you know, and the fact we had a sub 30, which you know, back in the day, pre, you know clown shoes it was was quite aspirational um and you know and the fact eddie came over from ireland you know it was such a i was so glad for him and it was great for the event it really helped the event it's small things like that and it's all the little small things which go to give something a bit of momentum and eddie coming over and darren running him close and you know we had i don't know i can't remember we have three races four races you know just three races yeah Full, you know, full fields for a 10,000, having three races at the time. That was like a massive success. And we had a crowd. We had like oh, not many, maybe 100 people standing in lane three or four on the home straight. We had a brass band. And it was just little small things. We had the field. We had a sub-30 run. We had people coming down to watch. We had, a, we had a bit of music, live music. And you start to think, well, maybe there's scope to do things a bit differently. You know, maybe there is, you know, my whole big thing was atmosphere. Yeah. You know, at number one, get the fields. But. You know, I've banged on about this loads. It's just for me, I think I was maybe a really emotional runner, but where there's atmosphere and there's emotion, my performance always was disproportionately enhanced versus especially running around a track with no one there. It's just, yeah. it's for me, I think some athletes are, are made of better stuff, stronger stuff. They can actually still perform. But for me, I found it very hard to run. If there's no one watching you, what, you know, yeah, you I, doing think, it? I think I read that somewhere from you from an interview. A while ago that you inspired the same shit by that yeah <laughs> yeah i think we all do we just repeat ourselves till someone listens um but yeah you said that you'd always perform best in the road relays where there's that there's that atmosphere i suppose and um i suppose what you've become known for is that lane free um beer and cheer now what it's called but but yeah back then i don't i can't remember any events where you'd have spectators on the track in lane three they'd be behind the rail you know a good way away away from people um who who came up that was that your idea and um it was well it was my idea it was my idea in my own head but to be fair to i i mean i'm because i'm sure it was done on the u.s collegiate scene or i'm sure it I, i can't believe we were the first to to do it to that respect but no i they definitely did it at the what was it called was it the zatapec 10 in Australia, 10,000 Australia. Okay. Because I remember seeing a video, and it, but they only had a small crowd, maybe 50 people, mm. and they let them on the back straight. And it was just it's things like that. You were looking for precedence that you then spoke to UK Athletics to then speak to the race referee. Because at the time, you're just fumbling in the dark. Like, what are the, what are the regulations? Mm. It's, and then you realise so much of our sport is born from tradition. It isn't actually regulated by the IAAF as it was then, World Athletics Handbook. So it's then you know, finding where are the grey areas where you can work around to do things differently, you know, but, you know, speak to the officials, get them on your side, let them understand what you're trying to achieve. And you just find us, you know, there's people are so pliable when you actually explain what you're trying to get out of something, why you're changing from the norms. Um, so, yeah, we definitely weren't the first, but I like to think we've, we've gone further and maybe taken it to a level that not many other events have done before, which is, you know, testament to all the people who come and support the event yeah because that combined with the 
the beer tent, which I believe this hey, year hey, is. Hey, hey, beer tent, beer tent. Hey, come what, on, give it, it's, give it its proper name. I don't know what it's properly called. You might have to hey. tell me. I've not done my research properly. Oh, lactic tunnels of love. How oh, is it? Okay, oh. the lactic tunnels of love. Um, Thank you. Thank you. First year was it there? The first year, it was definitely there. The second year on no. the back. No, no, no. We didn't have them until 2016. Wow. Yeah, my memory is not the best obviously anymore. Um, yeah. So it was first on the back straight. Yes. And then it, then it got you. Then you got one on the home straight. And I heard yes. this year it's even bigger and better, is it not? I got to say that. Yeah, of course it is. Um, uh, I no, I think I think um, yeah. Hopefully we can grow from the last time we had it. I mean, just just as we were saying before we started recording, don't really know. It's a bit of an unknown. You know, the event hasn't been on since 2019. So. Uh, and I keep saying this, the event will be what people make it. So, you know, we were talking about collective responsibility for the athletes. And it's the same for the event. The event is only what it has become because people make it. So, I mean, we, if you like, we put everything in place, hopefully to be a conduit for everything, but it's, I think the event has really just become a, um, it's just been a nice representation of everything our sport already is all these fantastic tight communities. I don't really think they've ever had a platform to express themselves, you know, in this way, socially and have fun with their sport. So, and that lovely juxtaposition of having purity of high quality competition. So you are fulfilling everything that was on your original kind of wish list in terms of helping British athletes move up, but then everything around it. And it's, um, I mean, for everything, the event is good. I think the event really mirrors and has allowed our sport to basically show who it is, which is, you know, our sport is, fantastic tight-knit group community of clubs who people give up lots of time and passion to make their event work and you know and it's our it's our identity I've said that before I think partly part of my biggest success about the event personally is it kind of it's made me feel that everything I did you know since 1984 or 85 when I joined Highgate Areas kind of legitimized me a bit more because it feels like used to feel a bit sad sometimes you'd have all these great training you have great banter with your mates but then you go to an event and it would feel so flat yeah and you'd almost feel is this us <laughs> is this is this really us because I, I think we're this this doesn't really represent us as a group as a club as people that share so much and there's so much humor and so much investment so I think hopefully what our event really is is just a platform to really allow our sport sometimes uh, yeah shout and scream and just say this is this is who we are we're uh we're a fun loving bunch and we're we're not completely uncool <laughs> well maybe some there of us go. um <laughs> but but yeah it's definitely done that and i mean but the other know, but you know what i mean i know that sounds but yeah i agree but that that thing i think for a lot of runners of thinking that their their event has worked outside their own you know blinkered chasing goals i think i said it on I think I said it in another interview, the whole social side of our sport is so much bigger and more important than most athletes will ever really acknowledge because, you know, we pretend we're all in it for the racing and the fast results. But I think really we're in it. We are in it for our mates. It's our social network. I mean, who else would we hang out with if it's not people in like, you know, yeah. Ron Hill joggers? I mean, that's this is our community. And I think rather than pretend it's not, I, hopefully our event's given an opportunity for people to really celebrate and love and put their arms around their mates, their coaches, people they haven't seen from other clubs and it's a big old friendly family network and uh, I, I think that's that's worth celebrating. 
Yeah, but I think plenty of groups seem to come down and enjoy the whole afternoon and evening at, yeah. at, at your race. And that is, is quite unique in that respect because you're right, like in the events of, of old and even some events now, you as an athlete will drive up individually in your car, maybe with, with one of your mates, run your races, have no other support there, go home and yeah, you might have a PB, but you haven't had that atmosphere which your your event has created because the other kind of unique aspect to it is you've brought in not only have you brought in beer which is a big tick um i think there's been been betting at, at the races i think that was on a couple of years ago or some sort nothing of to do with me. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> some sort of sideshow um and then music and other sort of entertainment so you've got the the dj on the side who's playing songs that are selected by the athletes in the races um is that still a thing that you're doing um it it, it is on, of an occasion we do ask their musical preference but um there's only so many times you can have rocky and chariots oh. of fire um but yeah we got we got a really good dj uh, he's playing some nice funky fat beats all in you know all kind of trying to get that pulsing sensation of keep the runners moving um yeah. so yeah got, got some good sounds on the back straight and then I think this year as well, included in the 10,000 metre racing, you've also got the, the Emsley Car Mile and the, the Millicent Fawcett Mile. So they're new, yeah, new to the it, event. Yeah. Um, how, did, how did they come about? Yeah, that was, that was a direct request from, uh, from British Athletics, Cherry Alexander, head of events. I think she's been a real champion for the Emsley Car and the Millicent Fawcett, always trying to make sure it happens when it can. And, but essentially finding a home for it, finding a place where it, it will work best. Um, yeah. I think there's quite a lot of manoeuvrings. And yeah, she, we spoke about it and I just, yeah, a bit of handoff for it really. Cause I think those two races and I just, I think our event at that point in the evening will have some cracking atmosphere. And I think it will really give those two mile events what they, what they deserve really, which is, you know, proper old school crystal palace, roaring crowds and yeah. Some genuine electric atmosphere, which uh, you know, I think I think yeah, I think they can fit in beautifully. Yeah, so so racing starts at, at three three p.m. in the afternoon, yeah. and then you've got the mile races around eight p.m. to half eight, and then women's um, world champs trials at eight forty-five, and then the men's at at nine twenty-five. Any wow. of those races in particular that you're you're looking forward to? Uh, oh, there's loads, really. I think it, like every race tells a story. I think in every race, I know someone in it. I've got a personal connection with someone in it. And I know if I don't, other mates have. So they're just, it's, it's what I love about it. It's like every race is like its own little story. It was going to unfold. You know, it's going to have a beginning. It's going to have a middle. Something's going to, someone's going <laughs> to do something. Maybe they shouldn't. And that's going to come a talking point for the race. Um so no, I love them all, but yeah, I mean, obviously, um, well, actually, I think, I think the what is it, race six, so the men's race, race six yep. is quite an interesting one, Domest uh, domestically, yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely, because it's it, it's got some, it's it's just a really interesting race because we it's paced for the European Quad Cup qualifying time, which is 28 28 45. Okay. which has got quicker than it used to be. Um, yeah. Massively, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, that's everything we wanted the event to be, was to, to have qu enough depth in quality 
that every race is pushing someone up to another level. Yeah. So, you know, in previous years, if someone was in our C race, for instance, they're going to be, they're going to aim to get into our B race. And this really is the proving ground. They're going to be guys in this race, hopefully, who are going to have, you know, the race of their lives, the race of their season, which is going to give them a passport to get into the A race for next year. And it's things like that. that and I'd love to see who can get the qualifying times for yes. the European Cup. Anyone uh, you've got your eyes on. So there's Alex LaPetra, 29.35 this year, local Highgate. Um, you've also got Jacob Allen from Highgate. So two of I your boys in there. I can um, give a shout, shout out to those two boys. Yeah, obviously Alex and Jacob. Um, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's about 40 others, really. It's a, it, We're trying to keep the fields together. I mean, a whole key part is having big and having deep fields, uh, which we've definitely got in the other races. Um, so let's go to the, as we were speaking about the men, the men's A race. I think the quickest on paper is potentially Sam Atkin. Um, 27 26 the world time is what 27 20 yeah. yeah um who's who's your pick for for wow. getting that time well, it depends really i mean you, you're talking from the brits only no let's go all of them anyone so you got who else you've got on there who's got there's somebody else right. cripper he's got 27 30 yeah i mean cripper's run 27 10 i think a couple of years ago um, okay 1303. Um, you've got Richard Ringer, who's got our event record, 2736. I don't know what shape he's in, but the fact he's coming over for it would indicate that he's um, in some shape. He's in some shape. He wouldn't be coming over if he, you know, he doesn't think he's, he's got the minerals. Um, yeah, I don't know. Really exciting. I think you, I think Ben Connor. Yep. Uh, word, word on the grapevine is he's, he's in some pinging shape at the minute. And, uh, he looked really strong in the comeback 5,000. Um, yeah. And obviously he's got the marathon strength. So I think you align that. It'd be quite interesting to see if he can take a step forward from his time in 2019, which I think was just nibbling under 28. That was his first time in the 27. So, yeah, yeah. I think. I think that's yeah, it. Be Between um, Jack Rowe, Jake Smith, Sam Atkin, Ben Connor, Emil Caress, you've got a, a very stacked domestic field. I mean, I suppose one of my highlights from the event from a couple of years ago was the Chris Thompson, Andy Vernon, Alex G finish. So if we go have something similar, that would be be nice, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, no, that was that was fantastic, and you know it just really shows the, the value in having depth to a field. And obviously, we had the European Cup. But, you know that amazing finish. When you don't forget, those guys were fighting. I think for fourth or fifth place. I think fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. You know, and it was ex it was just perfect. Um, Man, it was just great to see. It was great, really crowd pleasing stuff, and just hopefully everything those guys wanted. I know for for Alex, it was a you know a massive step up, and yeah, it was great. That again, it's one of those classic moments when you look back on previous editions that just kind of flits in your mind, and yeah, it brings a big old a big old grin to your cheeks. Yeah, and then on the women's side, we've obviously got Jess Judd. I think is the potentially the quickest domestic. Yeah. female on the lineup um you've got a couple of well you've got izzy bat doyle who's in in good form this season from australia um she's 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 run a very quick 5k um obviously amy eloise markovic who you know it's a bit of a step up in distance i bet she has ran 31 25 this year i think already or potentially last year um 
So there's a few potentials to get the, the time in the, the women's too. Yeah. So 31-25 uh, is the world's qualifying, you know, uh, versus 27-28 for the men. And then you've also got the European qualifier. So we're going to run, we'll have physical pacemakers, but we'll also be running wave light again. Um, okay. yep. And we'll have we'll have two lights for that. So essentially leading light with paces at the front will be for the world champs qualifying time. But then also we, we'll have some who will be specifically targeting the European championship qualifying time. So that is, puts his brain into gear. What is it? 28-15 for the men. Yeah. And 32-20, I think, for the women. Um, so glad. again, it's kind of, there's races within races. It's almost, um, what have you got? You've got, in a literal sense, in a trial scenario, you've got two. You've got the, um, you've got the world champs qualifying. Yep. First two across the line, if they get the qualifying timer off. Um, and then you've also got the European Cup. So the European Cup takes place two weeks from now in France. And so anyone who runs the qualifying time in theory will be selected. And anyone who declines it in theory, they'll then go to the next person with the qualifying time. So there's a real bun fight there for almost both ends of the GB representative vest. You know, you've got obviously the upper end, those at the Worlds, global meet. And then, you know, almost the European Cup is like that perfect stepping stone up, isn't it, from those who've maybe represented England in the past who are then looking for that GB vest, yep. you know, and so, and then you got that. And then on top of that, you it's, while it's not a automatic trial scenario, you've got essentially a performance platform for selection for Commonwealth games and the European champs. So it's, it's like races within races, qualifying within qualifying. It's like a, a Russian doll of, you know, those are people, who know what they're watching and can really follow the wave lights and uh, we'll try and make sure everyone knows what wave light color represents what uh, it will really bring the story together so as a spectator you can get completely you know embedded in what the athletes are doing and yeah. tangibly what they're chasing there's a light that is their qualifying so how are you going to communicate that have you got the the old boys on the bus again um I can say oh, that because the old boys Nick's my coach, so I can still say it. <laughs> you um, can say that. You can say that. So you've got um, Nick, Andy, and James. Are they on the on top of the bus again? Here we go. We uh, very kindly, Andy and Nick are commentating. We don't have a bus this year. Um, they wouldn't come back. Apparently, it got damaged in the previous years. Don't know who it was. Big we'll after party you. was it? Yeah, <laughs> and to be fair. The gates to access our track are so narrow. <laughs> it had about three mil either side getting in every time I had many, many heart attacks. But no, you've got to do something different. No, we don't have the bus. They'll probably be up on the bridge, our bridge yep. of bridge of thighs, as I like to call it. Um, James T is very kindly. He is uh, he's TV commentating for us. So you've got a live so stream. We've got a live stream. It will be um, British Athletics. It will be on their platform. It will be on Vinco. And then from eight till 10, uh, BBC are taking the feed. Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it should be easy to access. And obviously, if you want to come down to, to the track at, is it, is it Parliament Field? What's it called? The actual? The track. It's, yes. Parliament Hill Athletic. Parliament track. Hill Athletic. Yeah, there you go. I've been there enough uh, times. Should know by now. Um, the um, yeah, you want to ideally don't come by car if you can avoid it. It's there is parking on the roads at the weekend, but obviously squillions of people are going to be there, so it's going to be chockers. If you can come by train, um, 
So Gospel Oak Overground Train is about 400 metres away from the track. Um, if you need to come by Tube, Bellsize Park would be my Tube option uh, on the Northern Line. Two stops up, I think, from Camden Town. And that's, a, that's about a 10-minute walk. Um, cool. And it's yeah. a- absolutely free to enter still, to come watch. No, we charge now. It's, it's now £5. Yeah, of course it's free. <laughs> Got me worried for a second. I thought, oh, no, I've messed no, this up. No, no, not at all. It's completely free. And it's, that's the whole point I bang on about a celebration of our sport. So this is everything our sport can be, doing everything it normally does. So it's, it's, it's me working as a volunteer. It's, it's my mate Rob Wilson working as a volunteer. It's my mate Ben Node. All these club guys, yep. club gals. We've got, uh, we got Hannah Viner as a media coordinator on the day. It's, it's essentially... Everything our clubs normally do, week in, week out, doing open meets, opening league meets, all that sort of stuff, but just just done big. And I love the fact that we've shown that all that goodwill, all that passion from so many people can put an event on that so many people want to come and support. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for everyone who helps make the event happen and everyone who's coming along and says nice things and supports the event. It's, um, it really is. It's it's our it's our sport it's our event it it really is what we make it yeah and it's i mean one last point to you know what shows testament to that is i think it was probably about 2014 when we had what ali dixon lining up as the solo competitor in the 10,000 meter trials in birmingham that night and you've got a female only race which has got 40 athletes entered in plus you know many others who probably wanted to run in the event. So, you know, you've definitely showed, well, there is an appetite. For te- we were told there was no appetite for 10,000 metre running, you know, probably 10 years ago, but seems like there is. And um, looks like you're going to be blessed with lovely weather on, on Saturday, looking like in the afternoon, it's going to be close to being in the 20s, very light winds at the moment. So it's all gearing up to be a, a big night. Fingers crossed. Come on down, people. Support it. Make it yeah. what you want. Um, yeah, bring your banners. Yeah, we've got loads of fun, loads of free stuff. Uh, mobile climbing wall on the infield for free. No payment. Uh, we've got On, our key sponsors. Yeah. Come on down. They've got uh, cheering boards. We've got an artist down there. You can help you create a cheering board for your boyfriend, girlfriend, sibling, whatever. Uh, come have some fun with it. Bring your club oh. flags. Plant them around the track. Whatever you want. Make it your own. Perfect. Well, hopefully I'll I'll be down there cheering on some people. I'd love to be racing, but not ready yet this year. But oh, hang on, I've got a first for you. I've got here. I've got a world exclusive. What's that? Look at this. I'll whisper it into your ear. Okay, good. The winner of each race is going to win their weight in night of the ten thousand meter beer. There you go. If that's not an incentive, I don't know what is. So we've got we've got we got uh, we got a seesaw ninety nine p on eBay. Purchased by Barney Foot of Fast Friday fame. Yeah. If you yeah. haven't entered his 10,000, you should. Anyway, he's done marvellous. He got the seesaw. We got the beer. Got Dave Bedford lined up, ex-world record holder. He will be the adjudicator. We sit the athlete down. He piles the beer on until it evens up. Win your well, weight in beer. He'll be taking the beers off, won't he, and cracking them open himself. I'll tell you what, though, as soon as this... I don't know when you're thinking of putting the pod out, but uh, I'm going to get Very a whole soon. bunch of people asking if they can go down a race now. <laughs> yeah very soon um hopefully i'll have it out in the next next half an hour so um no, it's been, like it yeah it's been 
pleasure speaking to you as, as always. And um, thanks for giving up half an hour, it turns out, of your time on a very busy evening, three, three days out. So I'm sure it'll go well. And yeah, any listeners out there, try and make your way down to, to Parliament Hill, Parliament Hill track. I'll get the name right one day. Um, but anyway, yeah, cheers, cheers for your cheers for your time. And, um, appreciate I'll you. Asking. See, I'll see you on Saturday evening. All right, man. Have a lovely evening.